Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Sermon by Matt Carpenter on April 11th, Lord's Day service. Our text this morning is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. Verses 12 through 17. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he diligently sought it with tears. Let's pray. Our Father and God, As we come before you, we thank you that you supply all good things. You give us your nourishing word. May we receive it and be strengthened, edified, and pierced by your spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Everyone experiences periods of weakness. If you think about it, there are times, probably even in the last week, when you faced something that was at best difficult and at worst a major ordeal. For some people, it's overcoming an addiction. Or maybe for others, it's losing someone whom you love or seeing someone suffer that you love. We've all experienced what it feels like to be at another person's mercy. When you can't do anything on your own, when you have to rely on somebody else, and as good Americans, we love our independence and we hate, hate, hate having to rely on someone else. Most of us don't remember when we were born. But if your mom or someone had not clothed you, fed you, and cared for you, I can say with absolute assurance you would be dead. If you ever think, I am independent, look Not right now, but look at your belly button. (laughs) Your belly button is a symbol that you relied on someone to make it into this world, and you are never fully independent. From the creation of Adam, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. 
Our natural state is not, as some philosophers have said, the state of nature where everyone pursues his own good as a single individual. But our natural state, according to Scripture, is to be united in covenantal relationships, whether in the household, the church, the, the village, neighborhood, city. All of these are gifts of God. God placed us in these binding relationships for our good because all of us need to draw strength when we are weak, and we are weak more often than we acknowledge. We're continuing this morning our series through Hebrews 12. Last time, we considered the call to strive against sin and submit to God's chastening, that is, His formative discipline and also to submit to his scourging or his corrective discipline. God regularly sends hard trials to us, and these trials reveal our weaknesses and point us to the need for Christ. We're called to endure those trials as Jesus did because they make us partakers in God's holiness when we receive them and press further through them. But as we just read in verses 12 through 17, we're not called to walk these paths alone. God chose for us to receive help from others and also to help others. The text reminds us of our responsibilities to our brothers and sisters in Christ who need strength. So there are three elements in this passage, three things we are called to do towards our brothers and sisters. So I want to emphasize these here beginning in verses 12 and 13. First of all, we are called to strengthen our brothers and sisters. We are called to strengthen our brothers and sisters. The phrase, strengthen the hands which hang down and feeble knees, is a reference to an Old Testament passage, Isaiah 35, verse 3. Now it's easy again for us to look at this and we say and interpret, strengthen the hands which hang down, saying this is a call from God to work out. So I'm called to, to strengthen myself. But when you look at the passage that's referred to in Isaiah, that's not what Isaiah was talking about, and that's not what the author of Hebrews is saying. So allow me to read Isaiah 35, 1 through 4, so we can get an idea of what's being referred to. It says this. This is a, a prophecy of God's coming glorious kingdom. He says, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. 
Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. And with the recompense of God, He will come and save you. The picture in Isaiah is of one that sees the barrenness of a wilderness and the desert and forgets what God is doing there. God is taking a desert place, a place that before was empty, that was lifeless, and God through His Spirit is bringing life to that place. He's making the wilderness a fruitful land. But the person that Isaiah is referring to, that person needs to be reminded of what God is doing. We need to know what God's good promises are. And that is how we strengthen our brothers and sisters who are weak. You, saint of God, possess the nourishing bread and life-giving water of the Word. We do not believe that the Word can only come from someone who is ordained to ministry. We hold to the priesthood of all believers. We are all given the privilege because we're bought by the blood of Christ and filled with the Spirit of God. We are all given the privilege of ministering God's Word to one another. We have among us saints. We have brothers and sisters who are parched and languishing and they need to hear the Word of God. Not just from me, not just from Jason, not just from the elders. They need to hear it from you. You say, that's a pretty steep order. And the response is, you serve a really great God who is capable of doing exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. All you have to do is reach out. Listen. Encourage with the Word and prayer. When is the last time when someone was sharing a need with you that you not only prayed for them when you got by yourself, but you prayed with them? You say, we're, we're, um, we're, we're Presbyterians. We don't show our spirituality like that in public <laughs> that's that's just not but but no this is what happened and has happened throughout the life of the church when the Spirit of God is working we pray with one another we speak God's Word to one another remember Ephesians Larson talked to us this morning about Ephesians 4. If you go on to Ephesians 5 when he says, be filled with the Spirit, one of the marks of being filled with the Spirit is speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I'm not telling you you have to go and sing to someone, okay? That's what we do when we gather together with the saints, but you can give others the Word. Satan does not want you nourishing one another with Scripture. It's bad for the business of evil. 
it is harmful to his destructive plans. This is spiritual warfare. This is putting on and using the armor of God. What is the sword that you've been given if not the word of God? He will try to convince you. That is, the devil will try to convince you of every excuse possible why you should not use the word of God and give other people the word of God. We love talking about all kinds of polite things. Weather and sports and sports and weather. And there's nothing wrong with that. But should the conversation of the saints go beyond the basic and the easy? The answer is yes, it should. But it requires a degree of vulnerability that we are not accustomed to. And, and saints, please, I, I'm not coming to you and I'm not saying this as one who walks in this all the time. I face my own temptations to keep things really low-key. I don't like involving myself in other people's business. Not only, I mean, we're, this is part of my southern upbringing. You don't bother other people in their private lives. But thankfully, the Word of God is not given to people of one culture. It's given to all the saints, and it applies to us all. God ordained to strengthen our brothers and sisters from falling away by giving them His Word. That is how we strengthen the hands that hang down. We strengthen the feeble knees and we make straight paths for our feet in order that those who are weak, he said that which is lame may not be removed or dislocated, but healed. You get to be a participant in the ministry of the Holy Spirit among the life of the world and particularly of God's people. You're part of the water that is used to make the wilderness flourish. But you have to give the water. And we do that through giving the Word. So, first of all, we are called to strengthen our brothers and sisters. Second, we are called to pursue peace and sanctification. Verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. That word holiness is the same word from which we get the term sanctification. Without which no one will see the Lord. The Greek word for pursue means to hunt for. It means chase it with all your heart. Make it your aim. This is where we get our membership vow where we are called to pursue the peace and purity of the church. Life together means there will be misunderstandings, there will be irritations, there will be hurts. If there's anyone that you are associated with, that you have a continual interaction and relationship with, you will at times be irritated with those people. And it happens, believe it or not, in the church. That's why often people leave the church. Or 
they don't open themselves up, they do not become vulnerable because they have a list. They remember that time eight years ago when they were hurt at a church, and I'm not minimizing those things. Hurts in church happen. And as much as I hate to, to acknowledge it, it will happen here. So let's not pretend that we're too spiritual for that type of thing to take place. But, but understand that God has given a remedy for that already. He's given us the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He's given us His Holy Spirit. He's given us the wisdom of Almighty God to pursue peace and holiness. Many hurts we are called to simply cover in love. As 1 Peter 4, 8 says, love covers a multitude of sins. But this is not just avoiding taking offense. Sometimes, sometimes we must confront sin if someone is walking in it and it is a grievous sin. Pursuing peace means actively seeking to bless other saints. As we heard in Sunday school this morning, Jesus said the world would know that we are His disciples by the way that we love one another. When we pursue peace, when we pursue God's blessings, for one another, for our fellow saints, as defined by forgiving them, bearing with them, encouraging them, we are showing, we are displaying what Isaiah 35 is talking about. Isaiah 35 is not just a reference in verse 12. This is in the broader context of Walking in the blessings God intends for His people in the world in the New Covenant. How do we see that wilderness turn into a blossoming place? By walking in love as in pursuing peace, strengthening and watching for our brothers and sisters. And that's the last point here is we are called to watch carefully for them. So we, first of all, are called to strengthen our brothers and sisters. We pursue peace and sanctification with them, and then we watch for them. Verses 15 through 17. He says, look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many are defiled. And he gives the example of Esau. Who is willing to give up his birthright for his temporary passion for food? We are called to beware, to watch, because as we read in Scripture, there are wolves who come among the sheep. And sometimes wolves even arise among the sheep. We strive to not allow worldliness in the church, which is a 
good and right desire. We don't want the world, people bringing the message of the world into the house of God. But neither do we have a 14-point way, method of making sure that no one does that. We don't give prospective members a 47-question quiz to determine whether or not they're actually secretly not converted and are going to turn into a wolf at some point. In Scripture, when someone is converted, they're welcomed to the house of God. But... When what he calls here a root of bitterness rises up, that must be, we must be observant to that. This is part of the job, especially of shepherds. But it's given to all the saints to watch over one another. Now, I will say, there's a difference between watching over one another and becoming a busybody. Right? So, if someone that you know, if you heard that they watched a PG movie that you're really not sure is a good, is, is a good PG movie and, and you believe that you're called to, to confront over that or over every small thing, that's not what God's people are called to do. But frankly, we're not close to that ditch of being over-scrupulous and telling one another all the time, I think you're in sin because you've not potty trained your kid yet. I know that this kid is 19 months old. All four of mine were potty trained at 15 months. And I'm, just, I, I'm using an example of a conversation I had with, with someone a while back. Years ago, not, not here. But we're not there. This particular watching is, quote, lest anyone should fall short of God's grace. And he gives us an example of what it looks like to fall short of God's grace. He calls this a bitter root that rises up and spreads bitterness. This is not just an angry person, a person who has internal resentment, which is what we often think of when we think of bitterness. But this is one whose heart is turned away. It's a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 18 and 19. Moses writes, So that there were, may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood and so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could be inc included with the sober. So what is Moses saying in Deuteronomy 29 that the author of Hebrews is referring to? We can at times blind ourselves to the fact that we are walking in sin. If the people with, that you are walking with, if your life outside the congregation is filled with 
people who lure you away from God in sin, then you are in danger of a root of bitterness springing up and then by you defiling others. So the person under consideration here is one who lies to himself or herself even as he or she hears the word, but this person says, I'm righteous. Remember, we're not justified by our works, but the other side of that is we can't claim to have enough works that we know I've done all these things, so this other part of my life, it doesn't matter what I do because I've been baptized, I take communion, I go to church, I do A, B, C, D, and we can go through a list. And, and this is something, self-justification is a problem. It's not a problem just for me or for one or two people. It, we all justify ourselves. We talk about virtue signaling as something that only people on the other side of our political aisle engage in. We have our own methods of this. We have our actions that we use to justify ourselves before, our, before the mirror and before others. So don't think that your works are going to get it. The person considered here is a covenant member who doesn't understand his status before God and counts it as unimportant, like Esau. When a child is baptized or a new member comes into the church, our congregation takes vows, as we did this morning, to exhort this person to live a godly life, among several other vows. So we are called to watch carefully and warn this person unless that bitter root comes and spreads poison. So this is not only for the sake of the body, or excuse me, not only for the sake of the individual, but also for the sake of the body of Christ. It's no accident that these verses come on the heels of verses that discuss the pain of trials. We all face times of chastening and scourging. These times are hard and in them we need the help of others. The exhortation this morning then is simple. As a child of God, look for others that you can strengthen and encourage. Look for those whom you can bless. And watch out for your brothers and sisters. Practicing these things is the difference between a living, vibrant church and a clubhouse for nice Christians. This, brothers and sisters, is what it looks like to spread and to grow in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Our Father and God, thank You for giving us Your Word. Thank You for leading us to life and for giving us fellow saints with whom we can walk. Cause us 
to walk in the light of what you've taught us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. Oh.